Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is a short hour to the game. The game after work, we're out at 5.30, making room for uh, Royals baseball taking over. Who do the uh, Royals have, Troy? Cleveland. The Guardians. Woo! Yarborough goes tonight, so maybe, maybe they'll be able to scratch something out. Let's go. Meanwhile, this was 40 years ago today. Now they're going to measure it across home plate. Well, I, I've, never, I've never seen this. I never have either. I don't know what I don't know what they're measuring. They might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he is. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at look at this. Brett is out. And He's demon mad. He is out <laughs> and having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. And the Yankees have won the ball game four to three. Brett is called out. We're using an illegal bat. July 24th, 1983, two outs in the ninth, Yankee Stadium, George Brett with UL Washington on first, two-run homer with two outs, and it's a 5-4 to lead for the Royals. Mm-hmm. However, Billy Martin comes out, immediately challenges that the t- pine tar is too high on George Brett's bat. Rookie umpire Tim McClelland agrees, points with the bat at George Brett, you're out, and then chaos ensues. And one of the best outbursts in sports history. Oh, gosh. Absolutely. One of the most compelling. It's part of why it stands out so much in everybody's mind, because it's literally focused on Brett and him exiting the dugout. You know... As far as TV production goes, they're like, "Oh, you got the, you got it, you got it." Zoom in, zoom in, zoom in on him, and just the way that the like the umpire just casually calls him out, <laughs> and the way he runs like with his hands above his head, like he's going to attack the guy. It's insane. One of the great 
parts about that, and I've heard George talk about it a couple of different times uh, at events, and one time he noted that a big reason for that was he didn't know what he was going to do. <laughs> and it's that tough to hit a home run off Goose Gossage on top of everything else. <laughs> and it was just getting angrier and angrier going, if they call me out after I just did that. And he realized about three steps out of the dugout, he didn't have a game plan. <laughs> Tim McClellan wasn't exactly a small man. Tim McClellan was big. Big dude. Well, I remember, I remember watching that earlier today. When George Brett runs out of the dugout, that third base dugout at Yankee Stadium, he takes a hard turn to the left to try to get in McClellan's face. It, it seemed like right away he was looking for somebody to hold him back. Yes. Like yeah. he wasn't he yep. wasn't necessarily going to be throwing some yep. hands. He just wanted to get into somebody's face and make it look good and get his two cents in. Oh my! But the chaos on his way when he busts out of that dugout. I mean, everybody in the Royals dugout is shocked. <laughs> oh my God! Yesterday, watching Bally, and they were running through the highlights of it a little bit, and they paused on one point of that scene and they zoomed in. Ryan was telling the story about Frank White needling him in the dugout, and if you look on the video. And this is what they zoomed into. Frank's sitting there on the on the bleacher. He's got a knee, ah. his knee pulled up, and he's got a foot sitting there on the on the bench, just relaxing, watching all of this as he's needling George. They're going to call you out. <laughs> They're going to call you out. And so everybody's just kind of chilling for the moment, and then all mayhem it's breaks awesome. loose. It's awesome. Let me give you some more details about. What took place 40 years ago today? So the rule that was being argued by Billy Martin is that the rule is the pine target couldn't be more than 18 inches above above the knob of the bat. The so when the umpires were measuring it on top of home plate, home plate is 17 inches. So they're kind of using that as a gauge or whatever. Tim McLellan then points to George Brett and says, "You're out." And here comes the chaos. After that all took place, so you may have also noticed on the video, Gaylord Perry, who's a pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, <laughs> actually ended up taking the bat away from McClelland. Yes. yes. And hightailed it into the clubhouse. <laughs> Did everything he could to get it hidden before they came charging in, and the police came in after him. Yeah. Wow. So... Yankee Stadium security were actually the ones that ended up taking it away from and, and police were involved, but they ended up taking it away from the Royals. It was then delivered to the American League offices. Four days after the event took place, the whole thing was reviewed. What the American League ruled was that the umpire's ruling is going to be overturned. It actually did not stand. The reason is because it didn't have to do with the plate only being 17 inches, and they could. I, I think that's a myth, a popular myth that home it, plate had something to do with it. No, what it was was home plate allowed them to measure and get an angle on exactly how much pine tar there really was. But the thing is, it made for an easy measurement tool. the The rule that the pine tar couldn't be more than 18 inches that is a rule, but the ruling that was made by the umpire was not in the uh, – that's not why the rule was written. The rule actually had nothing to do with the result of a play. 
the reason that the pine tar could only be so high is because they didn't want to get pine tar on the baseball. Right. It had nothing to do with what you're able to do hitting the baseball. Yeah, I mean, the result of the play wasn't because of, according to the MLB rule, because of the pine tar. That had nothing to do with that actual rule of the 18 inches. They just didn't want to get pine tar on a bunch of baseballs. Right. And now they're losing baseballs. Right. You know, that was the reason for the rule. One of the things that George has noted over the years, though, too, is that his initial belief on why they were calling him out was actually that they he felt that Billy Martin was accusing him of corking his bat. And if you're a hitter, that is an insult. Don't you dare go there. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what had him that upset as well. And when you just add it up, it, George wishes he had a better game plan. I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, said, he has said as much uh, at the couple of events that uh, I've lucked into uh, being at that he has spoken at. Um, and it, it, it it's funny because he always gets asked about it. Always has the stories at, at the ready for it, uh, but uh, it, it is humorous to, to realize that there was not uh, really a great plan in his mind as to how he was going to handle this, and it did turn into utter mayhem. Now, this wasn't the first time the Kansas City Royals was involved in a pine tar incident. You go back eight years prior to that, on September 7th of 1975, the Royals in the California Angels playing... In that game, the umpiring crew declined to negate one of John Mayberry's home runs for excessive pine tar use. The American League offices reviewed that, and they upheld the umpire's ruling because they had the, the they mm-hmm. knew the rules. Mm-hmm. They knew that the pine tar had no result in the actual play, so it wasn't considered. The pine tar situation was thrown out the window in that particular game. Uh, another note, so the, the game ended up being resumed 25 days later, they had to play the last four outs with the Royals winning 5-4, to four, and it was brought back on August 18th in the Bronx. It took 12 minutes to finish the game. Uh, the result of those outs was uh, Hal McRae was struck, he struck out. Mm-hmm. So that ended the top of the ninth inning, and then the Yankees go 1-2-3. But before the first at-bat, the Yankees are trying to, in protest in any way they can, to try to get this final out. So I can't remember who was on the mound for the Yankees, but he threw at each base to see if they could get an out recorded. But the umpires were ready for everything. And, Troy, I'll let you take this one because you actually explained it I love while this. we were off air. This was a matter where the umpiring crew and the American League office knew full well that Billy Martin was going to do everything in his power to appeal. And that included appealing that George Brett touched every base. So, as they start the appeal process to have Billy checking and ensuring from each of the umpires, they had affidavits. Literally, legal, signed, said, yes, he touched every base. They had four pieces of paper right there for Billy Martin. He's like, even I've never seen anything like that. Like, you guys really did... Yes. Cover your bases. Yes. Because they knew that they had to with Billy Martin. Yeah. I mean, that was, again, credit to, to the rascal for knowing what the rule was in terms of pine tar on the bat. 
I mean, the ultimate technicality. Who would have thunk? Yeah. And someone on the team tipped him to this. For sure. But the ultimate technicality. There's no way anybody is paying that much attention to it. I I read this thing about Billy Martin. Um, The quote was that there's nobody um, he was akin to as far as baseball managers in his time. Like, no one you could compare him to. But one guy you could compare him to is Hernando Cortez, the conquistador, who burned his own ships after arriving (laughs) in Mexico, forcing his soldiers to conquer or die. That was Billy Martin. Yeah. um, (laughs) and, And you have to remember as well. Billy is from that era of baseball where he played in New York with Mick and with with Whitey Ford and with Yogi Berra. And he was a guy who it didn't come easy for. Right. And he really had to grind and he really had to do everything in his power to keep himself as a part of that mix. And he got traded away to Detroit later on. But he was not helped out by being a part of that group because of their partying ways, as we would encounter later in the future. The point being, though, he had to grind for all of it. It never came to him like it did Whitey Ford or Mickey Mantle. It was never an easy game for him. And so to be able to do that, to be able to put himself in a position where he's the Yankees' second baseman, starting second baseman, and holding his own with those guys, he had to be mentally sharp and study the game in ways that really uh, people now would be surprised at what he went through Mm. to do it. it. He really worked at the craft and was outstanding and it paid off when he became a manager. He just was one nasty guy to try to get along with. And a huge reason why the Yankees didn't want to play this game was because of league standings. They didn't want this to be a factor in, you know, do they win the American League East or does this play no. in any factor their standings in the playoffs? Um, but the American League wasn't going to have any of that. As a matter of fact, the Yankees filed an injunction to have this game delayed. And the American League quickly appealed and won the case. Mm-hmm. And the thing is about this, when the Royals arrived, and they flew into New York, New Jersey to resume the game. They didn't know they were playing until they landed in Newark. <laughs> uh, By the way. couple I got a couple more nuggets for you on this. Um, so initially, the Yankees were going to charge fans if they wanted to see the resumption of the game. They were going to charge each fan $2.50 to see the last four outs, oh. which today is about $7.70. Imagine having to pay that to see four outs. Hey, come on. Steinbrenner, you are a... They ended up... All right, if you had a ticket stub to that game, come on in. If you didn't, you're going to have to pay a couple bucks. Steinbrenner going to Steinbrenner. That's right. The bat Dude. is uh, currently displaying Cooperstown and has been there since 87. The home run ball was actually caught by a journalist, and he ended up selling it uh, not too far after that, not too long after that, for $500 and 12 Yankees tickets. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a great trade. Oh, oh, man. Oh, so funny. So, and I mentioned this this morning in noting it. 
it will always be in my memory, partially because, okay, 1983, I'm fifth grader, sixth grader. And we're at my grandma Coverdale's place over near Soldier, huge property that we'd had in the family for a long time. Grandma never had running water. We had to go out to the pump to... Whoa. Which also means outhouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's yeah, something she, I've never done, other she, than like she, a porta potty She lived on this property until the uh, late 90s. Wow. When she was in her 90s. <laughs> and uh, was an amazing woman. But two things that will always stand out about this. The first is, boy, did I get fired up because I hated Billy Martin with a passion <laughs> at that point. Uh, you know, and, and that that's how deep my Royals fandom has gone and part of why I hate the Yankees as much as I do. The Pine Tar game plays into that. But the other reason is the fact that literally we watched it on a black and white console TV in 1983. <laughs> a black and white Zenith from the 60s. So the whole family was around the TV watching this no, live? No, I was, Grandma was, and Little Brother was. Grandma had had us for the weekend. My folks had had an event. I think it was actually uh, one of Dad's class reunions that weekend. And so uh, they had had an event, and so Grandma was babysitting us. By the way, in scheduling, the MLB just slightly dropped the ball because the Royals were literally just at Yankee Stadium. Yes. We couldn't have uh, made this a Monday Wednesday, Monday through Wednesday series Come so on. they can actually play on the day oh. at Yankee Stadium. I know it's not the same stadium, but it's right next door. Yeah. Listen, at least they got it as close as they did in the fact that yesterday they played. It was a Sunday afternoon game when this t- when this all took place. Was so, it? you know, we, we'll, we'll just look at it that way, that they only missed it by a day for the anniversary. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. All right, let's take a break. We'll finish up the show with a little DG Ask Us Anything next. K-M-A-N. You know what? Today's Ask a K-Rocker, I really liked it. didn't get much traction, um, but what was something that you did to, like, the stupidest thing you did to try to be cool back in the day? Like, I tried to um, bleach my hair. That's exactly where I was going, but not bleach. It was the certain haircut. I remember... I think it was third or fourth grade. Uh-huh. Everybody was doing bowl cuts. Oh, yeah. Especially popular with the wrestlers. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't wrestle, but let's do a bowl cut. <laughs> and my mom did it, and she did it without using a bowl. Whoa. And she's like, oh, this was easy. <laughs> You're doing this from now on, dude. No. Oh, boy. Troy, um, you got yeah, you know, the, the bleaching hair kind of comes in, in there as well. I, mean, I think the product is what, Sun In? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I remember as a kid as well, it was maybe this is just a Morganville thing, but it was cool to just bleach your bangs. Whoa. Did you ever have that phase? Um, no. Never. I think had that was that another phase. wrestling thing, but. Whoa. Ma- mainly because by that point, well, and for most of my life, I had the part that went from the left side to the right, so bangs oh. weren't an issue. And uh, another thing was, Jesus, were we trash? Um, I'm glad you say it. Buzz cut, but kept the bangs and bleached the bangs. 
Wow. Yeah. That is a thing, man. That's a Clay Center remember, thing. Like second grade, man. I had some friends that did it. Wow. Okay, then. <laughs> And I tried it, and I looked like an idiot. <laughs> but so did El- somebody, everybody else, everybody to be honest. Everybody else is doing it. Yeah. What about Trey? Did Trey do anything to try to be cool? I mean, I've had the same hairstyle for, like, all my life, so not really. <laughs> kind of out of date in that department. You never did the... Uh, I bought silly up. bands because everybody had silly bands. Oh. <laughs> oh. I got, I, got an, I got another answer for you. In sixth grade, I brought a Playboy to school. Whoa, dude. Oops. And Itch. some boys would come take a peek at it during uh, in between classes. Whoa. You don't say. Do you remember? Never got in trouble. Do you remember the year or the month? Do you remember who it was on the cover? Oh, I remember who was on the cover. Sable. Nope. Ah. China. From Whoa. WWF. <laughs> We're back for an hour and a half tomorrow for Trey, Troy, David G. I'm Mitch. Go Cats.